Welcome to Mock It. Liz is a user experience strategist turned project manager committed to human-centered driven approaches and results. She has worked on 20 plus higher education, government, and client-facing websites and software platforms, creating long-lasting user-focused digital solutions. Liz is devoted to equity and strives to celebrate diversity and inclusion in the industry and beyond. Marie is a former visual designer turned agile-loving human-centered design advocate. They have helped government organizations for almost a decade build successful digital products by aligning cross-functional teams around a deep understanding of the user at the heart of their mission. Marie is passionate about improving user experiences while achieving business objectives in harmony. They are also a strong advocate for women in STEM. Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Marie. And this is Mock It, a podcast sponsored by MetroStar, where we take a deep dive into UX design, trending design topics, and chatting with our friends in the field. Let's get started. Awesome. So for those who are joining us for season three, you've noticed that the first few minutes of the show, we go and uh, give some industry updates, things that are going on, things we think will be interesting for our listeners to hear about. So we're going to dive into that. For this episode. Yeah. And this one, you have some tips for our industry folks, our listeners, words today. No, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So um, as we've probably brought up a few times on various episodes, uh, we follow Mm digital.gov. So uh, for those who don't know what digital.gov, it's... um, it's part of uh, like the it's a USA government website, and it's um, sort of their clearinghouse for everything that goes into providing digital products to the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have tips, tricks, uh, case studies, stuff like that that they um, send out, and um, you can get you can sign up for their emails. I think you join their weekly calls sometimes, or their yeah, mo- monthly, monthly calls. calls. Yeah, I've signed up for their emails. Um, there's a lot of focus on the United States web design system um, group and everything that's coming out of them, which is also known as the USWDS, if you hear the acronym instead. Um, so, yeah, it's just like a huge resource dump for um, digital things happening, tools best practices all within the public sector. Yeah, and um, so for today, one of the ones I wanted to highlight was it's on digital.gov and um, this is also broadcast through their emails. Mm -hmm. So would suggest people to to sign up for their emails and you can do that on digital.gov. But um, the article title is Taking a Design-Led Approach to Digital Modernization. So a lot of things that we cover are how to become more modern using digital platforms. Uh, so this uh, particular article is focusing on um, GSA building um, an enterprise digital experience team. Mm-hmm. So um, they start out basically saying, how do you put together a great portfolio, great product when you have like 11,000 employees? To and particularly for, I mean, there's more in the government, but for this particular case study, they highlighted yeah. um, the GSA's uh, sort of team, a fo- like team. contracting team. And GSA has a ton of web products as well that they support. Exactly. So they did sort of like a case study within themselves mm-hmm. to basically be like, well, how do we how do we do this? And how do we do it well? And how can we sort of share this for so other organizations, either within the government or in the private sector, can take advantage of what they've learned? So what they do is they went through this process. They um, had a team of GSA experts kind of come together, and then 
work toward a common goal of improving the digital experience. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and I'm going to paraphrase from, from the article, but um, after uh, a little bit less than a year of working together, and with a relatively small team of these experts coming together, they came up with uh, sort of an internal rubric for the best way to evaluate the true value of their digital assets. Mm-hmm. And there are six areas that their sort of rubric covers. It's um, customer centricity, accessibility, uh, performance, user behavior, and then um, these other two are implementation of hyperlinks required by policy and law, and then implementation of U.S. Uh, web uh, design system, so USWDS. <laughs> so yeah, you, you teed me up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> going into that. Uh, so basically, um, they use these sort of six points to apply them to their digital services and their digital assets. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. they have a ton to really see. Um, the value that they were providing to the public and then, you know, pitfalls, you know, for instance, accessibility, maybe they weren't hitting something they wanted to or like the hyperlink laws, making sure that people can easily tell hyperlinks are there. um, That's kind of crosses over a little bit the accessibility, but they use these six uh, like rubric points to really take an internal look at themselves. And then uh, they found that the, like these six points were very valuable for what they wanted to do and then shared them out as part of this case study through digital.gov. Nice. So I wanted to share this as sort of the, yeah. the industry update and to uh, kind of give a quick overview of the rubric that they found and then also, you know, a shout out for those that listen to our, our podcast. Um, they're a great resource just in general. This is just a, snip, a snippet of like one case study. Yeah, for sure. I'm interested to look at the implementation of hyperlinks required by policy and law. Um, Just from working at MetroStar for a while, there are a lot of things, you know, you learn on your contracts that um, definitely didn't know beforehand to know about. Like, so I'll be checking out for my projects if we have the right links, you know. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's way more that goes into it than you you would think. And Mm -hmm. then once you're like, you know, be more descriptive about your links and just say like click here well that doesn't help people yeah necessarily they don't know the context yeah that one's always a hard one i struggle with that one because then it's also like if i'm actually going to give you the context the length of words in the public sector is also not in lines (laughs) with best practices for ctas it's not short and informative just because you know administration is a long word and that's probably in a lot of your ctas to learn more about xyz administration i'm laughing because you're so right i mean right is a challenge i'm like really do i need to be more descriptive can i just say learn more here yeah no I, but you do need yeah. to uh so yeah that's uh these are uh, all good points and maybe uh one of our upcoming episodes, we'll dive more into the hyperlinks. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, you did Maybe. built-in topic for next time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, uh, so thanks for letting me share my little little update. And then, uh, so for this episode, one, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking over at our producer, who's super pumped. <laughs> <laughs> she loves when we uh, comment to her. <laughs> Uh, so for today's episodes, we're going to be exploring what it means to apply for jobs as a UX designer, uh, specifically, and I know that we've talked about this um, previously, just in, in conversation, some of our other episodes, do you need a portfolio, mm-hmm. a website, uh, 
you know, I know we've talked about this a lot with Bree with um, transitioning from, you know, being either getting your college degree or, um, or higher ed degree with then moving, transitioning from that to then being sort of in the industry. And then uh, stuff like that with um, how you actually get from point A to point B within the, the job market. Right. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Um, I think to start, uh, we haven't talked about our career paths at all this season, not that that sounds really like pretentious, but just to give a background about why we're talking about this, um, where we've come from, from since our first season when we introduced ourselves. Um, do you want to go first about how you got to Metro Star? Where did it start? How did your path? Look? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like um, I've sort of had a twisty, windy path uh, getting to Metro Star. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I went to college, I majored in communications, and my first job out of college, um, they were redoing their website, and that's mm -hmm. where I was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, I really want to, like, be a part of this. There's so much that goes into it. And so I really fell in love with, with that sort of line of work. And then I was like, well, you know, I had a communications background and I also like double majored in, in religion, which is kind of like a, like a weird one. So I was like, well, I, you know, I clearly I don't have the background for the technology. So then I looked at um, higher ed programs that I could catch up in, mm -hmm. and sort of get more education experience, but then also while I was doing it in, in, in real time um, working. So yeah, uh, I got my master's degree in human centered computing. And then from there, I moved into government consulting at a, at a different firm, and then um, at that point, um, my well, my my now wife <laughs> wanted to go to law school, yeah. so uh, we moved from the DC area. So I left sort of government contracting and actually um, worked in higher education for three years while she was attending law school. And then when we moved back to the DC area. You know, I was like, well, I love being in higher ed. It's a great environment. Mm -hmm. I did government contracting. I did nonprofit work. So I sort of had like, you know, I had my I had tried different spheres of employment, I guess. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I uh, Metro Star was the only government contracting organization that I applied for. There, I actually thought they were, they were too cool for me. I say this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Their website's very cool, and I was like, oh man, like everyone looks so like. I don't know, like so suave and like so knowledgeable. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna fit in with these guys. They're too cool for me. But yeah, no. it, it it worked out, and it was actually you interviewed me. Yes, yeah. You all interviewed me remotely because mm -hmm. I was still in Ann Arbor. Yeah, and it was it's like funny now because like of course you would interview remotely, like you know, right? It was pre-pandemic that we did it. And yeah, yeah. So um, I appreciate you doing that and taking the time. <laughs> so then that's how I ended up with um, at Metro Star, and it's been. Yeah, uh, three and a half years of really great memories and growing. And I came in as a, a content strategist and then moved into a UX strategist mm -hmm. role. Then I knew I wanted to kind of combine project management with UX. So then I started doing more PM stuff. And now I'm a project manager and still doing some UX stuff mm -hmm. within my project management role, which has been so amazing being able to combine the two. Yeah. So that is how I got here. And that was very long winded. So I apologize. No worries. <laughs> well, what about you? Um, yeah. Similar to you. I have a communications major um, and then realized I did not want a life in office outlook tools. <laughs> um, and so then I went and got basically a degree in 
web design specialization um, and visual design, graphic design. Um, and then my biggest, so before, when we were in school, there wasn't UX, wasn't a thing. Um, when I completed the design degrees that I have, UX was just starting to come out in the industry as a thing. Um, but so I took my first job um, at a place where I was first like a print person because I totally understood that from school. But then all the web design stuff also had us also learning to code. And my brain just like did not get it together. Um, it did later, but I was just not confident in it to go out and apply for a design and web jobs um, since there was nothing like UX before. And even really like a visual designer role wasn't clearly identified, like defined, identified um, within digital teams. Um, so yeah, I got my first job and then just kept taking more projects that were in the digital space. Um, figured out the coding, used to like rock out some HTML emails that were like branded and all of that. Um, I don't miss those days anymore, but they were really fun <laughs> and good to learn. I think it's helpful for designers to have some taste of what your developer is going to do um, so that you're not totally disconnected. Um, right. I know that was only HTML. So if we have any developers that are like this girl, <laughs> I get it, right. JavaScript, all that is more, but right. I had, I could like got a taste of it. I understand. And um, random tangent. I, it's a reason why I like Figma so much. They're using a lot of designer terminology, um, which I'm still learning more of, but like you can branch out design systems in Figma and right. Branching and all of that is stuff that developers do with their code. Um, I'm going to talk really high level about it um, since I don't know a lot, but right. They like branch out from like their GitHubs or their repositories. And I do like that Figma is bringing in that terminology because I think it will help design teams and development teams, you know, the full agile team work better and talk better because we're using the same terminology. Um, but yeah, so then long story short, um, I came to Metro Star through a recruiting agency, which we'll talk about later, pros and cons of different ways to come into a company. Um, and then similar, similar to you at my first job, I got, was part of the web design project and right. I got a taste of it and was like, I love it. Um, it was only doing one website for them. So I absolutely love that team. I love my leadership, but there wasn't another web design project in the out, like in the future, it was more like operations and maintenance of it. And I was like, Ooh, but I want to learn more about this, right? Like yeah. I want to keep upskilling in that and doing that. Um, and so that's the only reason why I left was just to continue to grow myself. Yeah. And I think, um, to your point with the having some, a little bit of development, I'm like laughing at like, like, you know, uh, HTML, like I, you know, for, for people who aren't developers, mm -hmm. it's a great skill. And it's also, there is a learning curve. So once you kind of gain that confidence, it's, it's a nice marriage between the design and uh, development people because people kind of get each other. And a lot mm -hmm. of, I mean, we found this in our previous project, a lot of people who are designers or I'm sorry, who are developers actually have some, some design mm -hmm. like background from like, you know, like back in the day or, you know, yeah, whatever. They so, do. so it's just like funny that there is that crossover on, in both ways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, I like that, that, that was, um, for those who are, who might be considering if they should take a coding class or maybe there are a lot of free resources yeah. that just even just like dipping your toe in will kind of give you a little bit more of a 360 view 
uh, even if you you know your your end goal is not to be a developer, which like that that was not my end goal. Right, yeah. the same. But yeah. it's good, right? It's good to learn you know, about other people's, like just in life, it's good to learn about other people's perspectives and where they come from. When you're on your teams, it's good to learn like what their specific tactical skill is that they're working on using. And, you know, it's just, you know, you want to be in tune with each other, not just associative. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then, so as we applied, we've obviously like, we've had multiple jobs before MetroStar and Mm -hmm. we've had multiple jobs like within the MetroStar sphere. Um, do people, what do you think about portfolios? So I do think if you are junior transitioning out of your school or whatever, um, course, maybe you did a boot camp or something. Um, I think some sort of portfolio, uh, there's a lot of resources out there that are little to no money or even, um, even if it's, I think there's a, this sense of like, oh, it has to be like perfect or it needs to be top like grade and like I need like a full on website and pay for that hosting and stuff. Um, at least when we came out, I think there was a lot of that. Like, what does it mean to be professional looking? Um, I think now um, there's been somewhat of a change. I've heard a lot, especially in a lot of UX podcasts talking about like the removal of the ego. And there was definitely a lot of ego like a decade ago out there um, and all these like, you know, these designers that were like top of the game, um, you know, early influencers in it all um, that you had to like look like that and have all that money. But I think if you are very resourceful, um, you can do some wild things in Acrobat in your PDF and link it and make it digital and make an experience in that. Um, That's a great tip that that was when I was coming out of school, right? I did, I had the portfolio, um, right? Cause one of the classes was, you know, that whole coding thing. So we did have a web page, um, but I also to customize for every job that you apply to, especially for, as a designer, um, you wanna pick, I might have, say I have 20 pieces since I went uh, for a two year program. So I had more projects, but if, if you do a boot camp and you have just a handful, that's totally fine too. Um, but I would curate based on that job and the specifics of it, whether it's the industry or what that job rec was talking to, like curate down to three or four um, and would make some interactive PDFs along with having the website link to see like all of my work. But I was like, look at this. Uh, this is how I specifically, you know, answer to your job requirement. Um that sounds weird, but you know how I fit to like, it's yeah. customized. I yeah. think it's very important to customize all of your job applications. Uh, no, I, 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 I think that's a great tip. I, you know, a lot of people talk about like cover letters and yeah. stuff like that. And there's this whole argument of, oh, that's like such a waste of time versus sometimes that, that personalized cover letter, there's like a hook in there that yeah. the person reading is like, oh, we have X, Y, and Z in common. Let me let me take more than the whatever like seven second average. Look at your resume. You know, only get ten seconds or something. Right. I mean, I think it, <laughs> even if so, I definitely you know me. Like I templatize a lot of stuff. I operationalize a lot of what I do because uh, I want to spend more time on the next step and not necessarily that they're bigger, but I want to spend more time on other things and being more creative. Not necessarily like rewriting my cover letter. Yeah. Um, that you can get and you could templatize your cover letter, right? Because like you have the same general thing, but then I had a part in my cover letter that was like, this is the part that I customize for every exactly. every job application that I'm applying to. And it was different in each of them. 
Um, but right, that made the process faster. Um, and then, I mean, I'll be totally transparent and honest sometimes. So when I was first coming out of school, my like goal for myself, because right, there are a lot of people always applying for jobs was, um, applying for jobs is sometimes very like boring and not the most fun, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to do one every day. Sometimes there'd be like a day where I found one where I was like, oh, this is like, you know, it's something, it would be a first step in. Maybe I wasn't like super like pumped about the job application. So maybe that one was like, I do blah, blah. Like my customization wasn't as great, but you still need to do that to put that thought in, right? Like applying for something, right? It's kind of like dating. Like you have to show that company that you're interested or like, why do I spend time on you? Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, I joked about the the Metro Star website. I was like, oh, I am interested in them. Like, so definitely, like, I liked your, um, the metaphor of dating. Yeah. Because, like, you also have to get a vibe from whoever you're applying for. Because realistically, how many hours do you spend at work? You a lot. A ton. And it's your coworkers you spend a ton of time with. Mm-hmm. It's your boss you spend a lot of time with. It's leadership that, you know, either, depending upon your position that you want to, you're trying mm-hmm. to get time with them or, yeah. you know, if you're a little bit more senior, you're in leadership and then have to kind of do the, the reversal and help others who are coming up mm-hmm. get more comfortable being in the room with leadership. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but yeah, back to if you need a website or not, um, you also know me. Sometimes I do things, oh, what's the word? Like the non-traditional way. Um, I will say my resume, I had both like the professional resume (laughs) and then also um, I am very expressive in myself and I don't do the whole, like the Marie version at work versus like the Marie version on the weekends. Um, Right, obviously there's some things that is just on the weekends, but very much like I have a great time with life at work or at home. I'm never like, you know, that plain piece of bread at work. No one knows anything about me. Probably everyone knows a little too much about me. Um, just like an open book. But so I had like my fun resume that instead of saying work experience, it was, I forget what like the trendy thing was when I was coming out, but like, like this is how it gets done or like what I've done. Like, I don't know. They were just more fun, but it was, I was like, I might as well send this because anyone who's going to take the time to like like, oh, let me talk to her again, right? It was like, this is my vibe. Do you vibe with me from paper versus let me be like every other professional recipe. And if that's your your taste, like perfect for you. But that wasn't for me. So I wanted to send out my resume where they kind of knew what they were getting before they got it. Um, Because I did have one job that I took for a little while. um, And previously I had colored hair. I definitely felt like I was their like circus show of like oh look we are a design team like look we have this creative with the pink hair or the blue hair and I felt like I was more on show for them I got the job more because of that because it was a very conservative place and I didn't last there very long Um, that was mainly the biggest thing that I just felt I wasn't really hired for what I could do I was hired more for like the appearance of being a creative Um, so right it's like worked pros and cons mostly pros um, right I got here um, and then I actually got here, I was experimenting cause social media was coming up more and more and like not to be an influencer, but to use my social media to just showcase what I was doing for the things I could showcase, um, from work, what I was doing, I was doing freelancing when I first started out, uh, you know, just pet projects at home, 
Um, and that's actually, I got my job here from Adobe has Behance. So I had case studies written up there. And then also I submitted my Instagram um, cause it was also, there was nothing personal on it, right? I had no friend pictures. I had no travel pictures, um, like nothing personal. It was just all like a showcase of my work. Um, so I don't know if that works for everyone. It was also five years ago, so it was different, but. Uh, so you actually uh, teed me up for some yeah. topics I know we're, we wanted to cover. So with recruiting, uh, so there are differences between in-house and outside recruiting mm -hmm. companies like Robert Halford or um, Insight Global. So with your experience with sort of um, testing the waters, was it with, um, can you give you a little bit of your experience? I know you kind of just did, yeah. but maybe a little bit more in depthly. Yeah, well, I don't also want to be the only one talking on this episode. Because um, you came through the internal yeah. uh, HR team here at MetroStar, right? Yeah, so I applied for, I actually applied for um, whatever, or colleagues who got hired like two weeks before I did. Okay. There was an open position for, it was like a UX designer. And I didn't necessarily, I liked basically like, 80% of what was what was on there. I knew mm -hmm. the, the part that I thought was going to be the challenge. And, and I know that a lot of women, if we if we don't hit every box. Yeah, you're hitting a great thing that I want to talk about after you finish your part. Yeah, so I applied for the job and then um, I talked to one of the internal recruiters and they were like, oh, we actually just, just hired for this position, but mm -hmm. we have this content strategist position open. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, like, definitely. <laughs> right. This sounds great. Um, and then, um, but to the, like the 80, like the 80% portion when I, when I applied the design portion, I was like, oh, I know that's going to be sort of, I mean, they're going to have to learn on the job mm -hmm. or like, you know, I'll, I was just very upfront. I was like, I, I like design, but I feel that is not my, my exact strength. Yeah. And MetroStar worked with me. They, you know, the internal HR team was like, great, like here's another opportunity that might be a little bit more aligned but still gave me the opportunities to learn within that same mm -hmm. exact sphere and then transition into, you know, more UX, like the title wise, even though I was doing the UX work. Yeah. Yeah. So that first point I want to talk about is um, you should apply to any job, even if you only hit 50% of it. Cause just like your example is it's about getting in there and the recruiters, wherever they're from seeing like, you know, getting that chance for your resume, your portfolio, your cover letter to be seen because right, we don't know that they just hired and that there was another position but companies know what's in their pipelines yeah. um so i would totally recommend to anybody and i did that too like there were some other ones that i applied to that i was like i have no business doing this but you know if the cards align and it's supposed to happen and i'm gonna go this way like you know you go you just continue to go for it um but yeah, there's the stat that women and minorities are less likely to apply if they don't hit every box. Um, and I would say you should not hold that. Like, just don't even think about it. If it has any portion of anything that you're interested in, you should apply to it. Yeah, and um, I, I also want to hit on one point with um, companies on the flip side. Mm -hmm. uh, being, um, I know that MetroStar has taken a like a deep dive into the the mm -hmm. job um, postings that we put out to make sure that there there are certain keywords that yeah. like a like um, resonate more with women or people of color or minorities or X Y and Z and I and we work hard to keep up with those that language to make yeah. sure that it's you know people know it's an open environment and so your background doesn't 
like you, you can fit in. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, not just actually this was probably a couple of months ago, but got to help out on a, a job requirement. And also sometimes it's the inclusion of different language and sometimes it's the removal of words. Point. Um, like the whole concept of like being proficient or, you know, all those like advanced level expert things where unless you were a subject matter expert and this was what you specialized in, but most of our roles were looking, um, for people who could do a variety, like you have, a, and you could totally define your career and go specialize. Um, but for a lot of stuff that we need, we need people with cross skills. You know, you have to be able to do more than just create super awesome icons. That's awesome if you do, but like, I also maybe need you to do some like process management um, or understanding of agile practices. Um, so taking out those like absolute words about being Oh, the only word I can think now is like proficient in X, Y, Z. So we removed them out and it was like, you know, general knowledge of, you know, this sounds awful, like good enough at, but like gets by <laughs> at, but like, you know, the, the better words, but that's essentially what it is. Like if you have knowledge of it or, um, you mentioned it earlier, um, this field is a field where you continue to grow. Yeah. You're never not going to grow. You're never not going to continue to learn. Um, yeah, you're never done. And I think people, I mean, think about who you want to spend your time with. Like we, yeah. were, we were just saying you spend like so much time at work and with your, with your colleagues that mm -hmm. you don't want to work with someone who's a jerk right. or you don't want to work with someone who like, doesn't want to like jump in with you learning a new skill. I mean, think about no matter what job you have, for the most part, you have to learn the job. You can have a background in whatever, but you yeah. still have to learn the job. You have to learn who the people are. You have to learn who the players are. You have to learn sort of the interpersonal yeah. Connections. So it's, uh, you know, it goes more than just what's on your resume or you know, what you learned in school or mm -hmm. what you learned at your previous job. It's how can you excel learning a new job with your skill sets and then, you know, wanting to, like I said, just jump in and be in there with your colleagues and friends and be like, we're in this together. It's OK that we're all learning. Right. Like how to be confident and humble at the same time. It's like, yeah, I love right. that. Like, yeah, no ego, but you can be like, you know, confident and like, right, I went to school. I know this. Don't let that imposter syndrome get the best oh, yeah. of you. But like also <laughs> humble enough to be like, oh, what'd you say? Like, tell me more about this. Like I didn't know and being open um, to learning. So as we, uh, we've covered a lot of topics tonight yeah. with uh, different things from how we got here, recruiting, education, things to um, be open to learning, confident and humble. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Um, but for those who would be prepping for an interview, what um, what tips would you have um, prepping for an interview for, as a UX designer, content strategist, or you know, a, you know, any, any, any role? role. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so how to interview? Um, right. We talk about always like looking at that company's website um, if they have blogs or their social media. Trying to read up about that. I will say, as someone who's been on, like, I'm interviewing someone else. The, when you ask, and I think really it's a pretty standard question, like, so, like, have you looked at our company's website? And someone literally said no on one. And I was like, <laughs> do you, like, what? Like, did you invest <laughs> any time before this? Like, is this just, like, on the whim? Sorry, I went away from the mic. No, it's like, just, I was so, like, what? Like, why are we? So, right, don't make that move because that's just not like why am I spending my time I spend time looking at your resume and you can even look at my company's website <laughs> um yeah do you have other tips yeah so I think um that's a great one <laughs> right like <laughs> awkward <laughs> like what 
Uh, yeah, I so I would, uh, yeah, I think definitely check out the website because seeing if they have like a culture code on there and their social media. Mm-hmm. I know that we, uh, there's an, there's the um, culture uh, code is on the, on our website, but also our social media is very fun. Yeah. So uh, like re- recently on our LinkedIn, and I'm sure it went on, on, on other um social media sites as well we did like a hidden gems of our, our rachel <laughs> together the <laughs> hidden gems in the office and i was like this is so cool uh so I, like i as employee was like wow like we're cool <laughs> so uh see uh definitely seeing if you'll um you'll, you'll vibe with sort of <laughs> the vibe of the organization seeing if they're uh seeing if you know anyone in your network who is work who currently works there or uh previously worked there because getting a firsthand mm-hmm. sort of um view into the company yeah, their perspective right it, exactly then you know there's like glass door there's there's fishbowl there's a ton of uh um it, like websites that you can look to see reviews and you have to kind of take a grain, grain of salt with some of those because a lot of those are the disgruntled employees yeah, exactly. that leave a comment, right? It's like, right, like Yelp reviews or any reviews. Like, you, there's good reviews, and then there's also the people that are, like, just not having a good day, and you, they took it out on that. Yeah, so I'd say definitely do your research, and then go into the interview open-minded, but then also, if you get a weird feeling, like, you're... Trust your gut. Trust your gut, because if you're like, oh, this is... You, you know, depending upon what you're looking for, if you're like, oh, this is too X, Y, Z, like mm-hmm. your your example was like, you know, conservative, like, you know, if look at, look at the leadership, is leadership, you know, can you see yourself fitting in with leadership? You know, we have mm-hmm. almost like a 50-50 split of men versus women. It's thinking about thinking about that, um, depending upon like what you need. Like for me personally, it would be, are there other moms that work yeah. there, you know? Like, like things that are important to you. Exactly. Is, does that company have the same values um can you see what their ethics are exactly do they align with yours yeah so seeing if it like exactly what you said and then really taking a hard look and it's okay like i mean i loved your metaphor of dating Mm -hmm. you don't have to right there's a lot of first dates that never turn into anything more exactly and that's okay right it's just practice for the next one yeah and then sometimes it like exactly it is practice and then for the company that you really want to get with, you know, you've already had an interview under your belt and you've kind mm-hmm. of, you, you've had a time to sort of streamline your answers. So yeah, be prepared and do your research and trust your gut would probably be. Yeah. And then I would throw in having, you can do research on preparing for questions to ask. Cause right. There's always that part in the interview yes. where the company then says, Oh, do you have any questions for us? And I will say again, another like lame moment in an interview is when I have someone say, Nope, I don't got anything. Because again, right, like, are you invested in this? Like, I need, when you go to interview, you need to show, um, right, that you care, one, that you're enthusiastic about whatever it is that you do. I think that um, is probably the reason why I have landed the jobs I've landed because I just get pumped and I'm passionate about what I do. Um, I'm passionate because I have such terrible um, experiences on websites that it's like a running joke, right? Like, when we do training, I was like, hey, what button am I supposed to click on? (laughs) Right, like... I need help all the time because experiences are just, they're rough, Um, which is also sort of a random tangent since we're talking about um, transitioning into, you know, UX tech field. um, I think there's also plenty of UX to be done um, elsewhere, Uh, but there's been talk about the job market is saturated for what we do. Um, Like I was just saying, I still have bad experiences. So until, 
you don't, you have a day where you can say, I haven't had a bad experience. Um, and even last night, like on the Uber Eats app, because I close out of that app, I like submit my order and I close out all the time before that dang thing turns around. <laughs> Half the time it's like 30 minutes later and I realize my order never went through. So I don't think there's saturation because there's still bad experiences out there everywhere. Um, those are just two random ones that, and the one just happened last night. Um, but preparing to ask questions back, even if they're just like, so what do you do at that company? Like they don't have to be like, some massive impressive question, but the fact that you're showing interest back in the yeah. company is huge. Um, I've had jobs where the company, the folks from the company have actually talked more, more in that interview than me. And I've gone out of that interview cause I was just asking them so many questions. Um, and been like, crap, like, was that a good interview or not? <laughs> and then like pleasantly surprised, right. That I was like, Oh, I got the job, but right. I was very, pa Oh gosh, very passionate to learn about that company because I, I really like, I wanted to join the company. Like yeah. you said, like you saw the MetroStar website and you're like, they're really cool. Like I like to be part of that company, that culture and part of the work that they're doing. Um, so, right. I think you should ask, be prepared to ask questions and they don't have to be right. Like asking the questions about like negotiating your salary, like that early on, I literally was like, so what do you do? Like yeah. what's your day to day? Like, like what, like, how do you, like, you know, whatever questions I just start chatting. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I, making those connections and kind of starting that relationship yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, any last thoughts? No, you? No, just uh, happy uh, happy interviewing for those who are going to be doing that. Yes, uh, good luck out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is Mock It. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and join us next time. If you're interested in hearing more about how government and tech collide, visit metrostar.com and follow along on our socials.